Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I could be here and just emotion. But when something comes in my life as a disaster, I lose it. And I need someone to come along inside and say, it's okay. God's with you in this. God's not going to leave you. For many of you, you don't have that person because you're not in a small group. You have nobody to encourage you when Satan comes and lies to you. God's forgotten you. You'd never go through the millennium. You have nobody. Think in your mind right now, how many people you know that used to come to this church or any church where you used to attend and they no longer are serving God? You can begin naming them. How did that happen? Because they didn't understand the principles I'm telling you about. In the Old Testament, as well as in the New Testament, the Bible speaks about the importance of friendship, of knowing someone who has your back, having someone who's there to pick you up when you're down and someone you can pick up when they're down. This is the way God intended you to live. Pastor Mark is teaching about disciples and how to make a disciple. You'll find out that establishing an open and honest relationship with another brother or sister in Christ is the first step on the way to having an important relationship with God, which helps make a healthy church. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Mark chapter 4 as he continues his message, Are You Listening? worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. What happens is if a farmer in those days didn't prepare the soil well, like we've all done this, you're out in your yard and there's those crazy weeds, the dollar weed or whatever. And you just pick the heads off the dollar weed. Well, you solved the problem, right? How many go, uh, no, it doesn't work. And you're out there and you're really trying to get every weed. And how many hate it when it breaks off? Because what did you leave in the ground? You already know the root's there. So this is an individual. You know this principle well. What grows better? A little piece of grass that you just put in or the weed that's next to it? I don't understand why that is, but it is. I mean, crabgrass comes through the cement in my yard. How about yours? So what Jesus is saying to these people, they understood it well. Because the ground was rocky at best. They're cleaning it away, and there's weeds. So they're picking off the tops of the weeds. But shortly as things grow, what happens is those weeds grow faster Then the seed that was planted, the seed starts growing, but the weeds come and do what? They choke out the effectiveness, the fruitfulness of the seed that was planted. 
What's the application? This is a difficult one. There's a couple ideas about this one. I'll give them both to you because I don't personally, well, I do have kind of an under, a feeling what I think is true, but I'll let you decide. These people receive Jesus into their heart. They seem receptive. They make a great start. But then as they're serving God, Satan comes, the world system comes with these thorns, these distractions of life. You and I know what a distraction is. It's so easy to get distracted, and our world is really good at that. And before long, they're trying to live for God here, and they're trying to kind of live in the world here. And it can't be done. Jesus over and over again says you can't serve two masters. So pretty soon these individuals, these distractions, these worldly care, these wealthy pleasures, these desire for the other things aren't necessarily sinful. They're just wrong priority. Slowly and surely these people get busy with life. The riches of this world, just the everyday kind of stuff that we all have, and pretty soon they simply, they lose interest in the things of God. I would say today in our churches, this is by far the more prevalent reason that people aren't really following Jesus. Their lives are choked by the busyness of life, and they leave no room from God. And when there's no room from God, there's no spiritual growth. Now, the result that Jesus emphasized is the soil produces no fruit. Now, here's the question. I'll let you decide it. Are these people saved or lost? Did they ever become a real follower of Jesus Christ? Is this a real believing heart? Well, let's look back at what Jesus says. He says in the end of verse 19, making it unfruitful. Now, does that mean that at one time it was fruitful? but now it becomes unfruitful? If that's the case, then we would say, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, this is a picture of a carnal Christian. The person is a Christian, but they really don't make any fruit. There's not much happening in life. There's no impact on other people. And we do know in 1 Corinthians 3 that these people, when they get to heaven, all their works, whatever there were, are burned, they're lost, and they just barely get into heaven by the grace of God. Or could it be that these people really made a great start, but they never really followed through, and there really never was any real fruit? If that's true, then these people also are not a believer. You see, Jesus earlier said this, show fruits of repentance. See, if a person's really saved, there will be changes in their life. No fruit, no root. No root, no fruit. No Christian's perfect, but there has to be a change. There has to be some things where we're growing and maturing. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, which which do you lean to? Is this a believer that's kind of carnal and just barely gets in heaven or is really not a believer? To be honest, would you like to be either one of them? No, so why debate it? I don't want to be either one of them. I don't want to just get in heaven by the skin of my teeth and have nothing to show to God who's done everything for me. 
And also, certainly if this is one who, they look good, but there's nothing there. Their heart is divided. And Jesus said, you can't have a divided heart. You cannot serve two masters. So it doesn't look to me, as we begin looking through all of this, to me outright, the first three are not really believers. Now that's hard, isn't it? Now think about this. And you can't extrapolate that to everything. But as Jesus is teaching, what is he teaching us so far? I told you there's four kinds of hearers. So what is Jesus teaching us, uh, the first three kinds of hearers? No true believers from hearing the word of God. Because there's no follow-through. But there is good hope, because the fourth type is coming. Can I hear an amen somewhere? Now, verse 20. Here's what you want to write. A productive heart. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, they hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop. 30, 60, even 100 times what was sown. So notice these three words. Hear, accept, and produce. In the original language, that's continuing. They continue to hear, they continue to obey it, and they continue to produce. The roots go down deep, and they produce fruit no matter what happens in their life. They're grounded, they're rooted, they're serving God, they're not perfect, but fruit remains. Now, while we were in En Gedi, in Israel... We were walking along the path up to the falls where David would, we sing a song out of Psalms, as a deer pants for the water, so my heart pants for you. David in this dry, arid place down there in the Dead Sea area, a spring would be like, oh, and that's what he called God. God was a spring of water in his life. While we were walking the path, I saw this, and I had a guy take a picture. You got to see this. How much roots are left in the ground there? Like hardly any But the roots that are left in the ground, would you say they're shallower or do they go deep? How do you know they go deep? Because the tree is what? It's alive. It's fruitful. You say, well, Pastor Mark, is that what your life looks like? (laughs) I don't care as long as I'm fruitful. Because, see, it does go down where? Deep into the roots. There's life, there's water, there's God. Now, sometimes after a storm, this is what we look like. But we're mature enough into God to what? Have our solid foundation. That's what these people are. They have a real relationship with God. They're not perfect. Storms bother them, but they never, ever defeat them. I think this is the great picture. Turn with me to Matthew 7 quickly, Matthew 7, and I want you to see these verses, and I want you to understand what Jesus is trying to say, and then I'll give you three or four more application points. Matthew seven twenty four, Jesus teaching this on the Sermon on the Mount. Anyone who listens to my teaching, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock, did I skip anything? Anyone who listens to my teaching, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock, did I skip anything? What did I skip? And obeys it or follows it. 
You see, it isn't listening to the teaching alone. It is listening and following it. It's like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on the bedrock. Reminds me of my picture. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is for the voice. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So go back to Mark chapter 4. What is Jesus talking about? These people heard the word. They were open to the truth about themselves. They were ready to change. They accepted it. They believed it. They put it into practice. As James says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Otherwise, you deceive yourself. It's hard. We're not talking about perfect Christians. There are none. But we're talking about people where there is change in their lives. These people the fourth category, the productive heart, they make a real commitment to follow God. It's not based on circumstance. It's not based on emotion. Emotion is still good. It's based on following Jesus Christ. They listen, they obey, they follow through. Because they do that, God honors their life and they become fruitful. These are the people that Jesus was excited about. These were the ones that would change the world. The word would make a difference in their life. It was alive, and after hearing and doing, fruit would be produced. That's what makes God proud, that you produce fruit, that there's change. God is working through you. It's evident. You're speaking like Jesus. You're ministering like Jesus, and you're acting in character like Jesus. There's a change, not perfect. Now, Jesus taught this parable for a reason. Why would Jesus do this teaching? Because lots of people were following him. And we learned masses of people followed Jesus because it was an exciting thing. He provided lunch. (laughs) He did amazing miracles. But we'll learn when Jesus gives a hard teaching, almost all the people walk away because they never had made a commitment for commitment's sake. That's why he gives it. The disciples would know the same thing. They would understand that principle. Don't misunderstand. It's so important that you and I, every single one of us, get involved in their lives and show them how to grow in their walk with God. Teach them these principles, how the enemy is going to be there. The world's going to try to squeeze them into that mold to take them back. It's so critical that we do that. And we're going to introduce to you some new ways to do that in our church for you as well. You see, it's actually foolish for us to sit here and you listen to an hour of my teaching, which is from God's word, and there is no application of it in your life. It's a waste of your time. I can't apply it for you. I have to apply it for me, or it's a waste of my time. So we can take notes, we can have tapes, 
We can uh, CDs and MP3s, get online, watch it all. If you're here and not a doer, it's useless. You say, well, Pastor Mark, why would you say that to us? Because all of us can fall into any of these categories at any time. I could be here as a full-on Christian with a hard heart over some issue. Know what I mean? You know what I mean. I could be here and just emotion. But when something comes in my life as a disaster, I lose it. And I need someone to come along inside and say, it's okay. God's with you in this. God's not going to leave you. For many of you, you don't have that person because you're not in a small group. You have nobody to encourage you when Satan comes and lies to you. God's forgotten you. You'd never go through them. You have nobody. Thinking in your mind right now, how many people you know that used to come to this church or any church where you used to attend and they no longer are serving God? You can begin naming them. How did that happen? Because they didn't understand the principles I'm telling you about. This is crucial to all of us. You don't have to be afraid of your salvation, but you need to be aware of the devices of Satan. His goal is to make us unproductive in every aspect of our life. So Jesus knew this spiritual warfare, this, this world system, and our selfish nature would always come against us being productive. And that's why even for the real Christian, the real follower, John 15 says he prunes us. He kind of spiritually disciplines us with a loving heart because he's a loving father to make us more productive. Now, I want you to write this down and you'll understand this principle. Here it is. Everyone can choose to have a receptive heart and really change. Everyone can. Absolutely. No question about it. How do I know this? Look at what James says. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. That's pretty simple, isn't it? And humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. James, the brother of Jesus, the one who says, be a doer and not just a hearer of the word, says, God's planted a word. His word is alive in your heart. Let it grow. It has the power to change you. God wants every single person who hears the word of God to be born again and have a real conversion. But I, you, are responsible for the soil of your heart. You decide whether you're going to hear the word of God and obey it or not. I can't do that for you, but God will help you. So let's go through these first. Hard heart. Maybe you're here. You have a hard heart. Life has been difficult for you. But for the very first time, you understand this principle. You don't have to write this down. All you have to understand is don't be a know-it-all. Well, I know everything there is. I know what I'm doing. I know better than God. You'll never make it. No, you don't. Be teachable. Only God has all the answers to life. You do not have the answers to life. Only God. God created you. He loves you. Don't be smart. Be teachable. Maybe for the first time you see that there is a God, and he does love you, and he wants to spend eternity with you. Somehow God has opened your eyes, even through this teaching, and he's begun to soften your heart. It's interesting to me, in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says this, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. See, God's word can penetrate the hardest heart. Remember the two thieves on the cross? Both hard hearts. What did they initially say to Jesus? Hey, if you're the Messiah, get on the cross. Come on, save us. One continued to say that. His heart never softened. 
But the other one, when he heard Jesus' seven words, sayings on the cross, his heart softened. And what he said, you're the Messiah. Can you do something for my life? Can you change my life? I believe. How could that happen in an instant? Because he was teachable. He was open. And what did Jesus say to him? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. The hardest heart can be softened by the power of God. If that's you, quit blaming circumstances for your heart. You're in control of your own heart. It can be softened. Second, superficial heart. At one time, you thought you were a Christ follower, but you look back now as you hear me teaching, and you go, maybe I didn't really understand. Your whole experience was emotional. You didn't understand that following Jesus was not an event. It wasn't life insurance for hell. It's a lifestyle. So there's a solution to a superficial heart. Be committed to follow God no matter what. It will cost you to serve God. Absolutely. But it will cost you a lot more not to serve God. Today, maybe for the first time, you're ready to make a commitment that's going to go beyond emotion, a real commitment to follow Jesus Christ. And last, a divided heart. How does a person get a divided heart? It's easy. We all struggle with this, every one of us that are real Christians, because the world has so many diversions and distractions for us everywhere. And pretty soon we realize that our spiritual walk with God is nowhere near what it used to be. Well, focus simply on following God in your life. Matthew tells us to seek first his kingdom, and he'll begin to add all these other things to you. Trust God. Don't be distracted by a person or by anything in the world. Riches won't do it. Fame won't do it. It's all deceitful. Following Jesus Christ is it. Maybe you've been preoccupied with all the things of the world. You're not putting God first. I can't tell you that, but maybe you feel that your priority is wrong. It's time to put God first in your life. Now, when Jesus made these statements, I would have loved to have been there to hear the talk of the people. Evidently, it didn't affect because they continued to follow. But eventually, he would know who the real followers were. And I'm a man. I don't know who the real follower is. But I know this. If you're a true follower of Jesus Christ, you will be productive. You will be fruitful. You will do good works. You're never saved by that. Every world religion says you can get to heaven by doing good things. Only Christianity says, no, you can only get there by Jesus Christ through his grace. But then don't mistake the second part. You were created to do good works, to become like Him. That's all we have time for today on Lessons for Living. This time in our nation's history is unlike anything that we've ever experienced. It can be confusing and stressful. We know you may be feeling alone. We're so glad you joined Pastor Mark today to study God's Word. We pray you found comfort in what you've heard. Maybe today you're hearing about Jesus for the very first time. If so, we want to tell you more. Please take a few minutes and visit calvaryccm.com. There you'll find a tab simply labeled Jesus. This page will tell you all about the Savior of the world and how you can be forgiven of all your sins right now. 
You can have a relationship with Jesus today, no matter what your past looks like. We pray today you choose to take this step of faith. If you'd like to talk to someone about this, or if you'd like someone to pray with you, please give us a call. Our phone number is 866-779-3441. Again, that's 866-779-3441. We also want to invite you to join us for our virtual church service this weekend. Join Pastor Mark on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. Or you can search for Calvary Chapel Melbourne on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku. If you'd like to listen to more of Pastor Mark's messages now, those can be found on our website too. One more time, that's calvaryccm.com. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.